Welcome inside this Tuesday, Locked On Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators alongside Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders, two teams who are not going to see their season extend past this week. But there are eight teams that are, and it's the first time in NHL history. Well, we'll wait and tell you that stat when we get into the show. We'll also tell you about the goaltending draft that Mikey and I did last week on Locked On NHL's Tuesday show. And we're going to get Gil's take on which team he would pick, the one goalie you'd trust of these eight playoff teams to win you one game. All that, plus a look back of the life and legacy of Guy Lafleur. This is the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On NHL podcast your first listen on this Tuesday, April 26th. We are into the final week of the regular season. Playoffs are on deck, but... Before we get to all the exciting stories around the hockey world, there was some very sad news this past week about one of the most storied players and the most legendary franchises. And not only has Guy Lafleur now passed away after a long battle with lung cancer, but it's on the heels of another legend that you would know very well, Gil, in Mike Bossy. It's a tough week in the hockey world losing two legends over the past number of days. Yeah, it's uh, very sad. And, you know, two players I grew up watching. I remember uh, Guy Lafleur in the, in the late 70s with the Canadiens dynasty winning four straight cups. And, and then right after that, Mike Bossy and the Islanders winning four straight cups. Really, the two best goal scorers during that like eight to 10 year period when you put them together. And, you know, because he played for Montreal, Lafleur just holds a special place in the hearts of so many, uh, you know, six years in a row of 50 plus goals scored, but he also had, you know, he did it with flair and with style and you just, I have memories of him skating down the right side, his, you know, blonde hair flowing as he was going so fast and that very dangerous shot. And I'll tell you, looking back on it, those Habs teams were just so good from Lafleur, Jacques Lemaire, Shutt, Ken Dryden, uh, Guy Lapointe, Larry Robinson, Serge Savard. I mean, so many Hall of Famers, so many great players. And Lafleur was probably the one out of all of them who got the most attention and, and was the most dangerous with the puck. Because you look at it and the Montreal Canadiens, they're such a legendary franchise. You go back to, to the glorious 24 Stanley Cups. I mean, are you kidding me? But not only did they have legends in the past, and Maurice Richard started his career in 1942. So they went basically from Maurice Richard to Jean Beliveau. And then Beliveau's final year, they then drafted Guy Lafleur. So it was just this continuous build of legendary Montreal Canadiens. And what I think really stands out about Lafleur, you think of the class of Jean Beliveau. That guy could have been the governor general of Canada if he wanted to. Honestly, he would have got enough votes. There's no question in my mind that the most gentlemanly of them all. But then you look and you get into the late 70s or the early 80s as well. And like 
that's when flair became such like a draw you know you've got all like the dance clubs like the just how society was and he embodied that on the ice like uh daryl sutter had some great words about playing against him uh, did you hear where he said oh it was a great game i had four assists and i, I defensively held the floor to only three goals which i mean <laughs> for a defensive player you, you just think back to to how hard it was and he compared him to mcdavid in terms of how he could game break with the speed. Obviously, McDavid center, Lafleur played the right wing, but just that type of electricity every time he went on the ice. And this was at a time where you couldn't get every game every night, right? So the players from Toronto and Montreal in Canada, Hockey Night in Canada, every Saturday night, they were larger than life. And he really embodied that, didn't he? He, he really did. And, you know, anytime he touched the puck, everyone in the arena were, were on the edge of their seats Everyone watching TV, you know, got a little closer to the set and you just wondered what he was going to do next. He was magic with the puck and he was dangerous anytime he was on the ice. It it really was must-see TV before that was even, you know, a a phrase. If Guy Lafleur was playing, you wanted to watch it. You wanted to see what he would do next and he very rarely disappointed. If we went through his list of accomplishments, we'd be here all day day this guy was a perennial champion a hockey hall of famer inducted in 1989 did you see the photo that Wayne Gretzky posted with him like that's so cool the 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 passing of the torch it was later on in Lafleur's career Lafleur actually did he miss four seasons or yeah he from 85 to 88 he didn't play and then he comes back with the New York Rangers still puts up 45 points in that but it, to me, the the remember what I remember from that part of his career, everyone else was wearing helmets and he still had the, the flow going <laughs> in the background. As that was, of course, grandfathered in. So just a, a complete legend. And you know that it was for what his on-ice product was, but also what he brought as an ambassador to the game afterwards. The Canadians do like none other. Their ceremonies, their alumni. Of course, you, you think back, Guy Lafleur or um, Jean Beliveau, when he passed, they now have the seat that he was always in, I think five rows behind the, the Habs bench, and they just have number four there. Of course, it's in the rafters as well, but that seat is kept for Jean Beliveau, and I think that they should do something similar for Guy Lafleur, who passed away at the age of 70 on April 22nd. Gil, I think for more, we should send people to Locked On Canadiens because they've done a phenomenal job of covering this. Laura Saba, one of their hosts, was at the Bell Center on Sunday for the tribute. Now, I was at the Canadian Tire Center on Saturday. Sends Habs, great rivalry. And you know when Ottawa hosts Montreal, being a young team only from 92, a lot of people around Ottawa and people make the trip for Montreal. It's a very split crowd. And they had a phenomenal, of course, nothing the same as what we saw in Montreal. But just to experience that on Saturday night for me was very special. I just hear stories from my dad of, of what Guy Lafleur was like. I got to see just the very tail end of it as a very youngster but you see the highlights you know the name and the chance of gee 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 going mm-hmm. through through the rink you know you heard Patrick Waugh who of course had a relationship with him say I don't know if a moment of silence should should be what it is for Gila Fleur it should be a moment of 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 like uh cheering because that's what he did his whole career was bring people out of their seats and really show them so I thought that Lockdown Canadiens did a fantastic job of covering that they really did. And, you know, it's interesting. You look at, back at Guy Lafleur's career. Uh, first of all, uh, Sam Pollock, the GM of the Canadiens, made some masterful moves to make sure that Montreal acquired and drafted 
Guy Lafleur. He engineered a trade with the California Golden Seals to get that pick, and then uh, he he made a trade with the Kings in order to make sure that the Kings finished ahead of the Seals in the standings, so Montreal would get that first pick and not the second or the third pick. So uh, Pollock really did a masterful job of making sure he got his man when it came to that draft. And then at the end of his career, you know, you mentioned he took the four seasons off. He was actually inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and then played afterwards when he came back to the New York Rangers and finished his career with the Quebec Nordique. And, you know, when he started, because of the expectations and you look at his if you look at his last two years in juniors, the statistics that he put up, so much pressure on him. And he scored, you know, 26, 27 goals as a rookie. And that was a disappointment. But by his third or fourth season, he really uh, blossomed and there was no looking back. 233 goals in his two years with the Quebec Rampart. Am I reading that right? You are reading that right. And, and the last season, how many points in how many games? <laughs> 209 points in 62 games, and then in the playoffs, he goes out in 14 games, puts up 22 goals, 21 assists for 43 points. No doubt the number one player in the 1971 amateur draft, and that was a great draft, too. You look, Marcel Dion goes second. Yeah, Yeah, but even still, Guy Lafleur, head and shoulders above all else. And guess who? Guess who the Montreal Canadiens got in the second round of that draft? Who do they get? Larry Robinson. Talk yeah, about building a dynasty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and he'll be remembered for the dynasty he was a part of. A five-time Stanley Cup champion. A Conn Smythe Trophy winner. A three-time National Hockey League MVP as voted on by the players, which is even more impressive than the two Hart trophies he got as being the most valuable player. He won the Art Ross three times as the most points in the NHL. He won the Maurice Richard Trophy once, and he was a member of the Canada Cup when they won that back in the 70s. So a life and legacy like no other and a team that celebrates their own like no other. So we hope that you go check out Locked On Montreal Canadiens with Scott and Laura, and they will take you through the life and times even more than Gil and I did right now on the Eastern Conference edition of Locked On Senators. Now, the Montreal Canadiens, they were the Stanley Cup finalists for the Eastern Conference last year, which I, I almost felt weird saying it because the way everything worked out, they played Vegas in the conference final, and then they played Tampa in the final, another conference team. So it was just a strange year, but we know that. Now things are back to how they have been three in each division, the two wild cards, and for the first time in history, the eight teams that qualify for the playoffs, all with a hundred or more points. The playoff picture of what the matchups are going to be, they're starting to take shape. We'll get into that. I'll make Gil pick his favorite of the two teams between Mikey and I. We picked ours goalies that we trust the most, and we'll get into all that after a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. It's America's number one meal kit for a reason at HelloFresh. HelloFresh is farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. It's why it's America's number one meal kit. They deliver pre-portioned ingredients to your door. That makes it easy. No, but that's not all. 
that's fit, wholesome ingredients, satisfying nutritional portions, makes you feel good about it with six recipes per week to choose from so you're never getting tired of same old, same old. They also offer the flexibility you need to create and customize your orders online or in the app. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, easy cleanup. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's money back in your pocket. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Check it out today at HelloFresh.com. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, back to the Eastern Conference edition on Tuesday of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders. Now, it's been quite a stretch for my Senators. They did this last year too, Gil. They start winning at the end of the season. But that does me no good. They're 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven games, but they're still 40 points out of a playoff spot. And that's because there are the haves and the have-nots. Do you think this is going to be the case over the next couple of years? Do you think there's that much of a discrepancy between the top eight and the bottom seven in the East? You know, it's tough to say. I think COVID put such a monkey wrench in everything. Uh, This was not still a normal year in the last two years before it obviously weren't. So I'm not prepared to say that just yet, but uh, this year it definitely does look like that has been the case. Oh my goodness, it's not even close. Like your Islanders are the team that's most closest to a playoff spot. They're 20 points out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it isn't even close in the East. The West, there are a few teams that are uh, a lot closer, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, unusual that we have the eight teams so soon and and that it was pretty much clear for a couple of months already who those eight teams were going to be. But the matchups haven't been decided yet. That's because, especially in the Metro, Pittsburgh's only got four wins in their last 10 games. They've really come back down to earth. They could be passed by Washington, who have points in nine of their last 10, including seven victories during that stretch. They had the overtime loss against the Leafs the other night, and that put them at the 100-point plateau. Only one back of Pittsburgh. Do you think it's likely? They've got a game in hand. And are only one point back. Who do you see finishing third behind Carolina and the Rangers in the Metropolitan? Uh, I'll tell you right now, I think Washington would have to be the favorite. I know two of their final three games are against my Islanders here, and they, they play tonight and Thursday. Uh, so imagine, I, I imagine think they have an easier close. schedule down the stretch. Imagine the Islanders had been just a few points out. How important those two games against Washington would have been. That's too bad. But I, I'm with you as well, especially talk about peaking at the right time, right, if you're Washington? Yeah, I mean, they got a little scare on Sunday when Alex Ovechkin left the game early. They say it's not serious. He's day-to-day. If I'm the Caps, I don't play him tonight. I don't play him Thursday. I just maybe give him a little bit of ice time in the season finale and and – just so you know, you're you're sure he's okay, but make sure he's ready for the playoffs because the you know these points are less important than getting uh, making sure you've got your best player ready for the playoffs. 
And if he was at 47 or 48 goals, maybe he convinces you to play, but he hit that 50 milestone again. Can you like, can you believe that? This is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the ninth time that he has scored 50 or more goals in a season. But do you also think that this does mean more likely that they hold him out, that he's hit that milestone? I'm sure means a lot to him. There's no reason to play him. Uh, it, it is, in my mind, infinitely better if Washington finishes as one of the wild card teams as opposed to third place. Uh, they still have a better chance of winning if Alex Ovechkin is healthy and ready to go than if they play him, he gets hurt, they finish third, but he's not available for the first round of the playoffs. There is also the carrot of playing the New York Rangers in the first round. Who I'm very high on. I know you know that. I'm, I'm big on the Rangers here to do something win the playoffs. I love Shesterkin. I love the moves they made at the deadline. They've got a superstar in Panarin. But clearly, that's the preferred matchup rather than the Florida Panthers, who have 120 points and right now would be the winner of the President's Trophy. Yeah, I mean, that's tough, though, because I, I would rather face Bobrovsky then face Shesterkin if you're looking at goaltending. And I think defense-wise, Florida is a much more explosive offensive team, but they're more vulnerable defensively. Maybe in the playoffs, that's a better matchup. Yeah, we're going to find out. The one matchup that seems increasingly likely is Toronto and Tampa Bay. Now, there was a beatdown last week, albeit no Austin Matthews in the lineup for Toronto, but they fell 8-1 in what was a chippy affair and I'm not saying this just because I'm rocking my at Send Central Citizen shirts available. DM us at Send Central. Uh, just to say that I don't think the Leafs want to get into a series where physicality is the number one means. They are clearly built to the skill game. They've got a few guys, but if they're dressing Kyle Clifford in a playoff game just for that, I think that they're already losing, let alone going up against the back-to-back champs. And they've got enough pressure on them already, just being in Toronto, playing for a franchise that hasn't made the cup final since 1967, hasn't won a playoff series in how long now? 19 years, but who's Not counting? Not that anyone's counting. So <laughs> <laughs> there's enough pressure on, on the Maple Leafs without having to open the playoffs against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. And, you know, arguably the best goalie in the NHL in Vasilevsky, uh, that's a matchup if I'm Toronto that I want no part of. But look, there are no easy matchups. You, you talked about how top-heavy the Eastern Conference is. You pick your poison because none of these teams that you're going to face in the first round are going to be easy outs. No, you're certainly right about that. Although the way the Penguins have faltered a little bit, they could be the one choice right now where I'd be like, you know what, if you have to pick someone – it's either the Panthers or the Bruins for me. And, and you know, the Bruins, you're, you're looking at probably some inexperience in goal. I'm not necessarily sure whether it'll be Olmark or Swayman starting game one, but neither of them have much playoff experience at all. I mean, Olmark was in Buffalo, so there's no playoff experience there. Uh, whereas Swayman, I think, got some a taste of it last year with Boston. But um, to me, Pittsburgh's the team that I'm circling. So as a Rangers diehard fan, thanks to Bet Online and the futures that I got on them, I'm hoping that Pittsburgh can stay in that three spot in the Eastern Conference. But you know that we always talk goaltending when it comes to playoffs. So last week, unlocked on NHL Eastern Conference edition that you can find every Tuesday, myself and Mikey DeStefano 
each drafted our four most trusted goalies to win one game. After Gil tells you about our friends at Rock Auto, he's going to pick which one of these teams he trusts more, and then we'll wrap up the week after that. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years, and they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. You are listening to the Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast with Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators and Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders. We appreciate you making Locked On NHL your first listen every weekday. We're free and available on every podcast platform, including on YouTube where you can subscribe to the show there. You can also follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. Locked on NHL pods is where you can find us there. You can follow Gil at Ice Wars, NYR versus NYI, and you can follow me at Ross Levitan. The show is at Send Central. The show is at New York Islanders. All right, so we've got all that out of the way, Gil, and now it's time for my favorite because, you know, Locked on Senators, we're a goalie-friendly show, so I wanted to make sure Mikey understood. And did I bring this up because I knew that the Maple Leafs' biggest question mark going to the playoffs, Mikey DiStefano, host of Locked on Leafs, is goaltending? Yeah, you're damn right I did. So last week, we drafted our four most trusted goalies, and guess what? Mikey didn't pick the Maple Leafs goalie in any of his picks. So if you're watching on YouTube, I've pulled up the graphic I made last week. Yes, if you are looking for graphic design help, please give me a call. (laughs) I am brutal at it. But you know what? It gets the job done. So I'll read it through just for those who are just listening. And I'll go my team. I'll go to Stefano's team. And then I want you to handicap it for us, Gil, to tell us which one you have more confidence in. I took Igor Shosturkin first, which was a bit of a hot take. You mentioned just now Vasilevsky. The proof's in the pudding. What's he won? Five straight series by by route of shutout? Like this guy, he's the man. But I'm talking about right now, and I think that that extra time, a lot more games than these other goalies, I think it might be catching up to him. Shesterkin, to me, is a Hart Trophy candidate. I'll just read my team then his, rather than going back and forth, because it's going to get confusing. We did this um, snake style. So I had picks one, four, five, and eight, and he had two, three, six, and seven. I have Shesterkin, Bobrovsky, Swayman and Spencer Knight. And he's got Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson, Tristan Jari, and Linus Ulmark. Where do you stand on this? Uh, you know, it, it, this is not easy because based on playoff experience, I, I, I have to think Vasilevsky, if I, if I had one goalie to win one game right now, he'd probably be my first choice. But I think with your uh, second, third, and fourth choices, I give your team a slight edge. Tristan Jarry and, and Olmark, neither one of them have much in the way of proven playoff experience. 
Jerry playing better this year, but he struggled in the playoffs last year against the Islanders. I watched that series, obviously, very closely. Um, and to me, Shesterkin is very close to Vasilevsky. Uh, the only difference in my mind being the playoff experience. Vasilevsky has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that he can do it. Shesterkin doesn't have that experience yet, but he may be playing better right now than Vasilevsky, as you mentioned. So I'd give your team a slight edge based on the depth. Would you have included Jack Campbell in your top four on either side? No Maple Leafs goalie was picked. We have two Panthers goalies and two Bruins goalies, so no Capitals goalie either. I could see the no Capitals goalie, but yeah, I would have put Campbell in my top eight for sure, yeah. No, not me, but you knew that as the host (laughs) of Locked On Senators, I could not bring myself to doing that. When he plays well... He certainly can steal games. We saw that. Like, it was not his fault by any stretch that the Leafs blew that 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens. He was solid. They just got beat by an even better goalie. Carey Price was playing out of his mind. And we should mention Carey Price. I know the Senators put six past him on Saturday. Had to get that in there. But also, it was fantastic to see him back. The NHL is a better league when Carey Price is in. I know he's now going to get his, uh, his knee checked or his hip Uh, He's traveling with the team to New York, but will not play. I think he's shut down for the rest of the season. But he did get a few starts in, and he had no goal support. I think the team was shut out in his first two starts. One was against your Islanders as well. But the the league is just better when Carey Price is in it. So I wanted to get that in there, that Carey Price made his return to the National Hockey League. And he was nominated for the Bill Masterton Award. Each team submitted their nominees. The Ottawa Senators submitted their goaltender as well, Anton Forsberg, who bounced around. But... Each team submits one. To me, Gil, it's a no-brainer. This is Carey Price's award this year, not only for, for getting back from major, major hip surgery at the age of 32, but also this is a guy who dealt with a lot of personal problems off the ice and was in the NHL's rehab program and came out the other side better than ever. Yeah, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. And yeah, he would be the favorite to win the award in my mind as well. And good to see him back. Yeah, let him be shut down for the season now, but he... He got back on the ice. He proved he could still get it done. And now hopefully both physically and psychologically, he'll have a clean bill of health heading into next season. Yes. And that's all you can hope for. I said 32, so he's 34. So even more impressive that he's able to bounce back from that. He still has four years left on on that huge, huge contract. Still didn't get a win this season, but I think you could say that's as much on Montreal as a team right now that it is on him. So All that's great stuff. Let's finish up by talking about what I would call the game of the week. The Florida Panthers run a 13-game winning streak. And just as an aside, Claude Giroux became the first player in NHL history to be a part of a 13-game losing streak and a 13-game winning streak with two different teams in the same season. So talk about a turn of events, but they get doubled up 8-4 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it can't happen in round one, but that is my dream playoff series. We got it recently, and I need round two. That was so much fun, and these two teams just always play entertaining hockey together. Yeah, and it's a pretty you know big rivalry as well, so that adds a little bit of spice to it. It would be a great series to see, and I'll I'll tell you, I have my questions about Florida, especially defensively, but boy, are they a fun team to watch. Yes, They added Claude Giroux to an already fun team offensively. Jonathan Huberto is going crazy this year. I know some people want him in the Hart Trophy. I think that it's really a two-horse race here between Austin Matthews and Igor Shosturkin. Those guys are just on a completely different level 
than everybody else. But we'll get into the awards talk maybe next week. We'll also have our playoff preview because regular season ends this weekend. Like I think Friday is, is when a lot of the teams are finishing up. A lot of teams with back-to-backs here Thursday, Friday, if I look at the schedule correctly. And then we reset, we regroup, and we'll be back next Tuesday to get in to the playoff matchups, previews, predictions, all that fun. It's the best time of year. It truly is. And we appreciate you making Locked On NHL a part of your daily routine as we grind it out through the playoffs and into the Stanley Cup Final, where we're going to have an Eastern Conference team playing a Western Conference team this time, which will be (laughs) fantastic to see. Gil, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to the Eastern Conference Tuesday edition. For Gil Martin, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.